This is a Boathouse Studios podcast. To support this podcast and other podcasts like it, visit patreon.com slash Boathouse Studios or subscribe to Boathouse Studios on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your ear content. That's Boathouse Studios, B-O-A-T-H-A-U-S Studios, house spelt the German way. Uh, so what's going on here? We sent off Hydra, the three-headed monster, and get back Mary Poppins in return. Let a guy. Woo! Wayne Gretzky, look out. Be careful, honey. He's all hands. So, uh, spill the beans. Nothing to spill, you know. He's a great guy. He's smart. Close your eyes. Listen with your whole body. Funny. People eat this. Whoa! Blind. I thought you said he was blind. He was blonde. That too. I just got out of the shower. Hello. Hello there. Welcome to the Cinevals. Oh. oh. International. International, Vin. Let's keep that up. (laughs) Totally. Absolutely sustainable accents for all of us. Excellent. Um, Hello. Hello. Uh, it is, uh, the Cinevals! Yay! She's Allie. That's Camille! (laughs) Um, And we worked on our intro! Yes! (laughs) Yeah, yeah! Um, and we are coming to you, not live, uh, from across the pond in jolly old London town. Yes. No Um, place like London. No place like London. Um, and we're here to report on the 1999... Terrible flop. Yes. Uh, 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 I don't know. Uh, is it a, is it a flop? It's zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not zero percent. It's thirty-two percent. Wait. Oh. Oh, I'm thinking of the other. Okay. Yeah. I'm thirty-two <laughs> percent. Trivia in a second. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> That's a teaser. Ooh. Yes. It's thirty-two percent uh, on Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes. Tomatoes. The 1999 romance drama. At, at first, first sight. sight, as in love, mm-hmm. bracket love, and Cl- bracket <laughs> at first sight. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, uh, yours truly, ours truly, Mr. Val Kilmer. Yep. As, uh, as well as uh, Mira Sorvino. And back at it again, uh, our uh, dear friend Kelly McGulls. Kelly. McGillis. McGillis. <laughs> Greg will fix that in post. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly McGillis from Top Gun. From Top Gun. Mm-hmm. They're together at last. Although I have they they didn't have any scenes together, did they? In, in Top, Top Gun. Gun? <laughs> uh, well, there were the ones where she was teaching the class. Oh yeah, but like never like. Mono e mono. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, and it also features a heavy cameo from Nathan Lane. Yes. Um, okay. So I'm just looking up the box office. It was a flop. Oh, uh, The budget was sixty million, mm-hmm. and box office was twenty two million. Mm. They That's all, no good. They all lost a lot of money. Yeah. Damn. Uh, so, Allie, um, 
What is, what would you say the plot of At First Sight is? I would say, um, uh, uh, a, well, uh, you know, it's your classic story of boy meets girl. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, boy, uh, well, I would say it's mostly, like, lady-driven, so, uh, so girl meets boy, girl convinces boy to, um, move to New York, mm-hmm. um, and get a risky operation, mm-hmm. uh, to, to be able to see, mm-hmm. um, and then, uh, it works out for a short amount of time, mm-hmm. and then, you know. Sucks to suck, I guess. Uh, and then the seeing part doesn't happen for more than a little while. I think that's a pretty good, mm-hmm. like, bottled down mm-hmm. micro version of the movie. Yeah. Um, you mentioned before in our intro uh, that it is a romantic drama. Yes. And just moments before starting recording, we were discussing uh, the genre of romantic drama or yeah. rom drama. Yeah. As it's never called, which is strange. Yeah. And, like, how prevalent romantic comedies are. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's such a huge genre. We we talk about rom-coms mm-hmm. as a people all the time. And mm-hmm. no one ever speaks about rom-droms. It's either a romantic comedy or it's just a drama. Yep. They exist. Well, though. yeah. Like, Titanic. Mm-hmm. Probably. Historical rom-drom. Yes. Um, I would say Titanic's probably the m- most successful Romantic drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, Moulin Rouge. Yes, also a romantic mm-hmm. drama. Um, uh, the Fifty Shades series is probably also in the category of romantic drama. Right, that makes sense. I mean, I wouldn't call it romantic. No, erotic drama. Oh yeah, that that makes sense. Which I feel like is a '90s category. I also feel like it's an <laughs> insult to. Anything erotic. erotic. <laughs> <laughs> Sex adjacent drama? <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, yeah, like this movie, uh, we also uh, linked this to a lot of like films uh, such as Sweet November. Yep. Simply Irresistible? Is that, wait, what's Sim- the one with Sarah Michelle Gellar where she's a where witch? Where she's a witch? Yeah. Yeah, that's simply irresistible. Nailed it. That's kind is of, that a drama? It? No. Is it? No. Oh. I think it's a rom-com. Okay. Uh, never mind. Redacted. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Simply Irresistible is a weird movie. She makes food magic. That's true. Yeah. And then love magic. Yes. And then just magic magic. It's true. Um, Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, um, Val Kilmer plays a, uh, person who is blind, um, and, uh, yeah, he, I I mean, I think there's some, like, really beautifully acted moments in this movie. I also think he looks pretty derpy. Uh, (laughs) yeah. <laughs> okay. I think well also like he's especially in the beginning. Yeah. He's just kind of uh he's got like a grin he's got the sunglasses on, he's got a grin he's got a big grin on all the time. Mm-hmm. Which you know is nice. It's like Yeah. Yeah. He's happy. We we see that. Yeah. It's just kind of 
like naturally cringy to see a like fully sighted actor like doing it seems like a bit and I don't mean that to knock his performance whatsoever because no. like he's a he's a well trained actor mm-hmm. he went and did legit you know research and training and things yeah. like that he's his um, intention is obviously very genuine yeah you know but there are and perhaps maybe it's just through editing even um which we will touch on soon because it was fucking weird in this movie um that like a lot of it is like cut to him like grinning with sunglasses and like she's talking to him and he's looking a completely different direction yeah which like even at a point you're like but he knows where sound is coming from yeah like, I don't know. I don't know. It was things like that that just to, like, set the tone of the movie yeah. were a little bit cringy. Yeah. In a sense of, like, oh, jeez. Oh, boy. I think the uh. the part where it was most prevalent was when they were having sex for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, really, I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, a classic late 90s sex scene of, like soft lighting heavy music have very heavy music but then they're like kissing and then he breaks away from the kiss and <laughs> and he just like sort of looks up and is grinning <laughs> no for what re- yeah exactly. like who why yeah <laughs> who's that for yeah so he just has you know he's just got a bit of a i don't know I mean, this also, like, is is in the realm of, like, you know, able-bodied actors playing people with mixed abilities. Mm-hmm. And, like, I know, I get that, like, he, he regains his sight for a part of the, sh- of the movie, so, mm-hmm. um, like, maybe having a, a fully blind actor playing that part would mm-hmm. be different difficult but and it's also not something that they were thinking of in the 90s totally at least uh, not to my knowledge but mm-hmm. i w- i was only making memories for about half of the 90s yes yeah. I, I agreed yeah <laughs> i think it's worth noting maybe at this point here we learned at the end of the so at the beginning of the movie um credit wise it's mm-hmm. like oh this is based on a book we're like, oh, that's interesting. And then at the end of the movie, yeah. it's revealed the book is based on uh, the true life story, true life story of these two people of um, Cheryl and something <laughs> and the lady Wa- Waterstone. Uh, Cheryl yes. and wife Betty. What's her name? I don't know. What Waterstone? What stop? Yeah, Waterstone sounds Waterston? right. Waterstone is the last name. Yes. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, who lived in Atlanta, Georgia mm-hmm. at the time of the movie coming out. Yeah. And this was, like, their story of, like, getting together. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they watch the movie um, and, like, tell their kids about it if they have kids or whatever or something Ooh. kind of thing. And they're like, you didn't, Dad, you didn't grin like that the first time. <laughs> you were like, no. Do they make me grin? What? No. What are I you talking about? I, no. Ugh. It's a movie. They take Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a... Okay. I think that... Let's... uh, Let's talk about the camera. The... 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 
I feel like the the view of the camera was very um, noticeable in the first like twenty minutes of the film, mm. and then it became sort of less so. So yes. like the opening scene is Val Kilmer getting on some skates, and then uh, we meet Mira Servino. Um, she goes to this mountain spa that looks like it's in Canada. Um, and then has a massage. And then we only see uh, Val Kilmer's character, like, from the chest down. Like, it's, it all focuses mm-hmm. on the massage. And, like... Yeah, we pretty much just see his hands massaging her to the yeah. point where, it, like, I actually, like, thought of... Oh, are those his hands, or is that, like, his voiceover and then, like, a masseuse doing, like, hand acting? Yeah. It was, um, I don't know. I thought the opening scene was, like, mm, kind of sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And just, uh, it was, like, a really nice setup for, um, a, uh, an, ex- an exciting whirlwind romance. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's come there to relax. We learn, mm-hmm. or, like, learn kind of, like, from contextual clues that, like, she was very stressed at work. Yeah. She works in New York as an architect. Mm-hmm. As Allie pointed out, an oft-used, um, like, rando office job that yeah. people in movies have. <laughs> I feel like if it's, especially if it's a romance, because, like, one, I feel like, a lot of maybe this is more prevalent in romantic comedies, mm. but like in romantic movies, it's like they have to be over a certain income bracket. Otherwise, it's like, why are you wasting your time dating? You should be out there paying your bills. Yeah. Um. So like, in or- there's no money for romantic gestures. Yeah. It's, and sudden vacations. It's, it's very weird. So I feel like unless unless the uh, unless the movie is about the class divide. So, like, with, like, Made in Manhattan or whatever. Mm. Um, But, like, yeah, so it all, it has to be um, a high-paying, boring job. Mm. Um, So, like, architect or uh, publishing or, um, like, law. Yes. What else? Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so... Architect goes to Canada, gets a massage, mm-hmm. falls in love with this dude. Um, they, I just, I really liked the first half hour of this movie a lot. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, they have really good chemistry, and um, yeah, it was very charming. Was yeah, cute. totally. And I, 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 I don't know if this makes sense, but I bought that they were falling for each other. Like they totally beyond like oh, we have this, uh, sort of, like, sexual romantic chemistry, and we, but they, like, they had conversations that Mm -hmm. were cute, and they made sense, and it was, like, it made sense that they were getting to know each other, and they liked each other. Yeah. Um, there's this scene pretty early in the movie where they go for a walk, and, um, he asks about, like, the building. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, she's describing it, she's describing, like, the trees around the building in a really nice way, just, like, being a bit vulnerable, and he's like, oh, no, that's really cute kind of thing, and then it starts, and then they, like, it starts raining, and they get caught in the rain, um, and then they go into, like, the building that they were looking at, um, and he said, I wrote it down, because I was like, that's romantic, um, and he's, and he's kind of describing, like, the rain and what it, 
sounds like and what that means. And he says, I can feel everything when it rains. I wish it would rain inside. Yeah. Yeah, and he sort of, like, feels her face, and it's, like, very beautiful. Um... And then it cuts to her getting a massage the next day. Yeah, which is like it's very jarring. It's a very hot. It's a highly inappropriate massage. Yes, definitely. And um, yeah, which they address. It's he's, true. He's like, I like you a lot, but you're a client right now. We can't do this here. Mm-hmm. If you want to, if you want the goods, <laughs> you gotta come over for dinner. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, and that's pretty much, like, the first act of the movie is, like, them being cute and stuff, and she's like, come to New York. Yeah. Um, and Ke- she's, uh, like... Kel- Carrie... Kelly... McGillis. McGillis uh, is uh, Val Kilmer's older sister, mm. which I was surprised by because I feel like they were sort of around the same age in mm-hmm. Top Gun, but maybe I'm wrong. Right. I feel like maybe... Their characters are, like, only a couple years apart, though. Yeah. I would say, I oh, this is maybe uh, the patriarchy speaking, mm-hmm. but I would say Kelly McGillis looks a lot older than Val Kilmer in this movie. Yeah, they're probably the same age, though. I, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's she's the caretaker. They have they have some lovely scenes as well. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. one thing that I will say about this movie, like, even writing-wise, the characters are not... I don't know, they, they make sense that they exist, and there is um, conflict, and there's uh, quite a lot of it later, and people have fights and things like that, but it's sort of like, I don't know, there are perspectives I can understand for the yeah. most part, almost all of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's quite lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, no one is an outright monster at that's any true. point, which is not always the case. Yeah. So, um yeah, so then it gets, like, pretty whirlwindy, where, like, Mira Sorvino sees, like, oh, sorry, she searches the internet, <laughs> which had just been invented the previous Tuesday, um, and, like, searches for, oh, and I remember, like, that was happening on screen, and I turned to Ali, like, how effective is it to, because she said, oh, I'm learning more about Val Kilmer's character, mm-hmm. um, and I turned to Ali, and I was like, how effective is it to Google someone in 1999 when <laughs> Google doesn't exist yet? And you were like, no, I think he, she's looking up his condition because, like, people won't pop up yet. You yeah. can't, you can't <laughs> search for someone. It means nothing. Um, so she searches for, like, the medical condition he said he had as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's looking up those things, and then she pretty quickly finds this article um, that was also in the photo album at his house that, like, his sister had cut out or something. Yeah. Anyway, um, it was an article about some doctor who was like, I have a revolutionary, uh, eye surgery, blah, blah, blah. And so right away she's like, I have to talk to you. And she gets very intensely passionate about, like, what if I, and, like, even the way she presents it is like, what if I told you that you had the chance to see. <laughs> yeah, like, she comes in pretty, like, hot savior yeah. <laughs> moment there. Yeah. And he's like, ah, uh, yeah, also Mars exists. Also, like, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Cool to hold 10,000 birds. Yeah. What are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. And she's like, no, there's a surgery. We should see. And he's like, ah, okay. Yeah. I just got here. This is my life. <laughs> totally. Okay. It seems, it's like, it's very, uh, um, she's really, like, showing her privilege. Um, 
And like, and, and yeah, I don't know a ton about the uh, blind community, but I know a lot of people in the deaf community um, choose not to get cochlear implants because uh, they uh, don't, they feel like they don't need them. Um, and that uh, their deafness is, is not a disability. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, uh, like really, I, I mean, I think this is like maybe just the, the movie showing its age and, and sort of its treatment of, um, uh, people with different, uh, with mixed abilities in that, mm-hmm. um, like it, it's easy to assume that like, oh yeah, w- of course this person wants to see, of course this person wants to be like quote unquote normal. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, um, you know, not the case. So he gets, like, really upset and uh, storms out and they have makeup sex and then he decides to go to New York with her mm-hmm. um, because he loves her, which is very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, like, I... it. Oh, okay, so one of my things with this movie is that the flow of time is very confusing. Agreed. Like, I don't know how long she's in Canada for. I don't know <laughs> how... Um, I don't know how long their relationship is. I don't know how long the surgery took. I don't know how mm. long the recovery took. So... Yeah. The, it kind of marks down to, like, the editing, I think. Um, the the movie's edited very we- weirdly. Yes. There's a lot of, like, weird little, like... Uh, cheap things that happen like in a sense of like there's like instances they're very small of like just like an extreme zoom up on his eyes yeah uh, but that's only used once or there's like a weird fade mm-hmm. that happened like like again that's like really few and far between they're only used once and then like just really are... abrupt cuts yeah it almost like, feels oh. like they they needed to like cut the movie down in length mm-hmm. um but didn't want to like lose the scenes um mm-hmm. yeah it's strange. Yeah, agreed. Um, um, yeah, so so he has the surgery. It's maybe the same day, and they're already yeah. taking the bandages off. Yeah. And being and, like, you can see! Yeah, and there's like a... Um, so the the surgery and the surgeon were like highly publicized we're led to believe like there's a lot of like news coverage in the movie afterwards and during of like look at this like advanced new treatment Mm -hmm. and and sort of like this first person who's uh gonna be going through it like he's really in the spotlight kind of thing so when there's that um like the unbandaging of his eyes um there's like straight up like a like a news camera in there with like news lighting yeah and stuff like filming it um which was super jarring Mm -hmm. if i'm if i'm giving the movie a lot of credit right now that was effectively jarring because then I can start to think about how Val Kilmer's character would feel. Yeah. Where, like, even if it had been a week or two since this... I don't know medical things, so don't oh. <laughs> quote me on this, but, like, what, a week or whatever since the surgery and what if even he'd, be, he'd been preparing, like, kind of mentally and physically for, like, what is this experience going to be like? Yeah. Um, it would still be extremely overwhelming um, in so many ways yeah. that like, oh, maybe I'm meant to feel as an audience member that it's, you know, really abrupt because like there's no way for it even, even easing into it. It's still going to be really abrupt. That's, that's totally. a new sense. Like Allie and I were talking about, and maybe now is a good time yeah. to talk about it. Like what it would be like that if, um, 
like Val Kilmer's, char- Kilmer's character. Because he was blind since birth. Like, he had sight up yeah. until he was three. Mm-hmm. So, he, only, he in it, he only, he talks about only having one memory of being able to see ever. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And so we talked about, like, oh, if that was the case, would you want the uh, experience of suddenly having a new sense as, like, a 30-something-year-old adult? Yeah. Just completely brand new... Yeah, like a totally new sense for your brain to process, Ooh. and like you already have like your life, which is full. Um, this like, the like crazy new fucking thing. Like we talk about, we're like, oh, that's like being able to see time all of a sudden. Like, yeah, that, actually though, like that's ugh, ah, that's a lot kind of thing. And like that would, I don't know, I don't know if I would want that necessarily. I mean, obviously that's individual to individual kind of thing. Huh. Um, but that's uh that's a lot. And, like, yeah. Nah, I don't know about that. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so he gets the surgery. That happens. Um, it is uh, successful in the sense that, like, he starts to be able to, like, have full vision. Yes. But uh, there, because he uh, was blind basically since birth, his brain doesn't know how to process what he's seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has to do base like he he has a lot of like figuring out to do, and the adaptation of him becoming sighted is really difficult. Mm-hmm. They have their they have their rough spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, then uh, some conflict ensues. They have fights. Yep, and then you know he and then Nathan Lane comes along and is like, mm-hmm. "Hey, perspective, that's a thing." Um, and, uh, and then, you know, things take a turn, they, things are going really well, but, but, oh, and, uh, Nathan Lane plays the sight doc. He's like a, he teaches, uh, people how to care for the blind. Yes. So he's more like, he's kind of like a therapist. Yeah. But more specific with, like, vision versus, like, yeah. I don't know, regular therapist things, I guess? Yeah. Um, anyway, yes. And then Val starts experiencing, like, blackouts. blackouts. And uh, he pretty quickly discovers, maybe later that day, he got an appointment very quickly. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, again, timeline. Yeah. <laughs> this movie oh. is so confusing. Um, like, does it all take place in a month or, like, a year and a half? I don't know. Um, who's to say? Who's oh, at one say? point, at, so at one point they are talking about, uh, it's been five weeks since the surgery. Ah. And I think that is before Nathan Lane gives him the pep talk in a strip club. In a strip club, in a very weird cut. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Um, yeah, that he will, uh, okay, well, his childhood d- disease, or as the uh, very specialized surgeon puts it, the retina disease you had. Yeah. <laughs> very specific. <laughs> um, is back, and uh, there's nothing we can do. So, yeah. The so, end. you're going to go back to being blind. Mm-hmm. Um, so, at this point, I feel like the second act of the movie, or whatever, whatever that middling point was like. Yeah, you know, the fine. real bummer part? Uh, yeah, the, the bummer part. And we're like, oh, yeah, I guess this is the part that all the movies have to yeah, go through. I guess it's based on a true story, though, so it happened, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then he, there is, I think, a very sweet moment where he's like, he doesn't want to tell Mira Sorvino yet. Um, and she, 
oh, uh, he goes and you think he's like, oh, he's going to tell her like, hey, this is what's going on. And she, of course, inter, I feel like this happens in all rom-droms and (laughs) rom-coms where he's like, I have important information to tell you. And she's like, wait, no, let me just tell you this thing that will change your mind on telling me this information. But before he does that, Mm. he goes to see his dad. Oh, I forgot about the dad. I know. This is like, this is like a, that could be cut from the movie. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Val Kilmer's dad left when he was eight because Val Kilmer's dad, like, tried all these things to get Val to see, and it wasn't working, so he was like, well, shit. So he just, like, left his family, and mm-hmm. they never heard from him again. Mm-hmm. And then, um, when, so he was on, Val Kilmer was on TV, because he's Val Kilmer, um, <laughs> and his dad was like, oh, Val Kilmer, let's hang out. <laughs> uh, and all of a sudden he wants to see him again. And then uh, Val goes to see him right after he finds out that he's going blind again. And they have, like, a really bummer uh, conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, it never really, like, comes to anything. He's like, I just, I wanted to tell you, I wanted to tell you that I'm going blind again so I could see your face. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. It's never picked up again. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then, then he goes to see Mira Servino. Yeah, and then she... So he's about to tell her... Oh, and then he mentions to the dad, like, you're the first person I've told. Yeah. Dad literally says and does nothing and just walks away. Yeah. I assume, like, the first time he did. Yeah. <laughs> um, then he goes to talk to Mira Servino, and she's like, oh, wait, before you talk... I want to, hey, I'm making a lot of money at work right now because I'm, uh, I'm an architect and I'm really living my best life. So, um, I want to take us on a trip and I want us to, I want to take us to Egypt. And like earlier he'd been reading a book, um, in Braille about the pyramids and all this stuff. And she's like, Mm -hmm. I want to take you there. And like, we can both see the pyramids together for the first time. And I want to take you to Paris and I want to show you the water and Mm -hmm. gargoyles and all this other stuff. And he's... Uh, just kind of staring at her, um, and she's like, doesn't that sound good? Like, isn't that a good good idea? And then he sort of says nothing, and then um, says, yeah, there, there's there's one thing I really want to see. Um, and then it cuts to them at this hockey game, which is really sweet. There's like a, he, he's just like a simple guy, and he yeah. um, he uh, likes to watch the hockey game, listen to yep. the hockey game, so they go to a live one, and it's very sweet. Yeah. And he's very enthused. It's very cute. Yeah. Um, and then... Mira Servina finds out that he's going blind again, and mm-hmm. uh, they get into a bit of a fight, and she says some things that are, like, really upsetting um, about, like, how, uh, like, haven't you ever wanted more for your life, mm-hmm. and blah, 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 and just, like, a lot of, like, kind of judgmental things that are, like, I I get it, but at the same time, like, who the fuck are you? Mm-hmm. Um, so... So, yeah, and then he ends up going back um, home to Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then he, like, full, yeah, they have, like, a very big fight. He also um, accidentally breaks the sculpture that she worked on in, it's, like, a small part of the plot, but it keeps coming up. It's she, a big metaphor. Uh, yeah. Oh, I guess so, yeah. Um, she did a sculpture in art school, and she never finished it, because she's like, I'm not good enough, and I can't make it whatever yeah. and he's like no it's perfect you're good enough That's and also better. one of the things that she says she's like I can see it in my head mm. but I can't make it real which mm. um, I thought was really 
uh, telling of, I don't know, it, it like made sense thematically in the time. Right. I, don't, I don't remember the details, of it, but it was good. Right. Just trust me on Excellent. that. I trust you. Um, and then, yeah, and so he fully goes home uh, to Jenna and the dog and Canada in general. Um, and then, then what happens? Uh, um, and then he, uh, he like, oh, he has a really beautiful scene with Kelly McGillis, um, where, oh, I'm gonna cry. Uh, it's, he's like, just, he's, he's losing his sight, but he's just like taking a really long look at his sister and, um, thanking her for all of the things that she had to give up to take care of him. Mm -hmm. And, um, he decides to go back to New York Mm -hmm. and, um, he ends up working with Nathan Lane, Mm uh, and, you know, he, like, gets his life back together. Mm Um, and then Mira Servino ends up, uh, finally finishing her sculpture, um, and then they run into each other in the park. She she uh, seeks him out, and they meet in the park. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have, like, this really nice conversation um, where she's like, I finished my sculpture. I, I stopped trying to uh, impose my will on it and just, like, let it be what it was meant to be mm-hmm. and, like... It's a, it's like, oh, the sculpture was Val. I get it. <laughs> it made sense thematically. Yeah, in the it, ma- it, made, it made sense thematically in the moment. <laughs> oh, it's like their relationship. Ooh. Um, and then Val is like, I saw the horizon and I wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for you. You did that for me and blah, blah, blah. And, and, he, and the horizon is like more for his life. <laughs> the horizon is leaving Canada. <laughs> um, and then they go for a walk and hold hands. And then that's the end. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, overall, <laughs> I felt a lot of feelings mm-hmm. um, throughout that movie. I thought it was fine. I liked it. Same. Yeah. I. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I. I would watch it evening with a friend on a trip. I would watch it middle of the afternoon while sick on TBS. Totally. Uh, Both of these scenarios, I would watch this movie. I don't know if I'd watch this movie ever again with my you know, my limited movie hours in my life. Totally. But I don't know. I honestly it's... uh, If it was on. Yeah. It's not 36% terrible or anything like that. I I really think that's quite low quality. I have a theory mm-hmm. that it got a low rating because it doesn't have, like, a traditional happy ending. Mm. I feel like the happy ending version of this is, like, he gets his sight back and he keeps it. Mm. And but, he's very thankful to her for... Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, maybe other drama happens, but mm-hmm. I feel like... I feel like for its for its time, like, the thought of having, like, a him just like being okay with being blind is mm-hmm. like maybe a narrative I that it was it was way ahead of its time is what I'm trying to say yeah. basically <laughs> which I don't know if I'm actually trying to say that but like but kind of so yeah I feel like maybe it doesn't have a traditional happy ending and then we started um thinking about like if it's 
just like people don't like romantic dramas. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they're just not as successful as romantic comedies because they're not like they don't have like the quote unquote happy ending. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's what I'll be writing my thesis paper on. Oh, stay tuned, twenty twenty. Bam, bam. Yeah. Um, like, do you think part of it is because like romantic comedies remind people of like romance things, but it's all like happy things and ideal, ideal situation things like that. Whereas like a romantic drama can make people relationship sad, which is like a next level sad for people. Well, I think maybe because um, most people are relationship sad in real life. Yeah, maybe. I think that's maybe why a lot of people hated the end of her. What was the end of her again? Uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson. Like, the computer breaks up with him. And then... Or all of the computers decide to go away or something like that. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, like, I found the ending of that, like, quite uplifting because it was about how this guy went from, like, being really closed off and not having... Um, and not really being able to move on from something. And then through this, like, relationship and knowing this computer, um, he sort of comes out of his shell and begins to, like, socialize and, like, like re-sort of, inter- like, and he becomes braver and, like, tries new things. And, mm. and you know, he's not in a relationship anymore. But right. I think it's a dangerous narrative that we keep perpetuating that people need to be in a relationship to be happy. Mm, agreed. Mark. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Spread the word. Tell yeah. your friends. I think... Okay, so here's here's what I think after a glass of ginger wine. By the way, this episode is... Is brought to you by... Ginger wine by Sainsbury's. <laughs> it's a it's a full bottle of wine for £3.75. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. It, it's an interesting taste. I li- You know what? I like it. Yeah. It's not bad. I've I've had worse things to drink. Uh, that is like the perfect um, thing to say after we just watched At First Sight. Yeah, I feel like this is it's not the movie in wine form. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. You know, it's easy on the palate. It's mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, it's not gonna set you back a buck. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna take it back to Canada. No. But I'll enjoy it while I'm here. That's exactly how I feel about this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, uh, for probably most people, this movie is on Netflix right now. So yeah, I mean it's on London. It's on British UK Netflix. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's on Canadian Netflix. I don't know. Well, Perhaps. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, uh, oh, okay. So here's my here's my thoughts mm. on why people don't like romantic dramas. If, in fact, they don't like romantic dramas. Mm-hmm. This is all hearsay and speculation, mm-hmm. but... You heard it here first. You had it. You had it. Half, half. <laughs> <laughs> you heard <laughs> Ginger wine. Ginger wine. Um, okay. I think... <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, the patriarchy. <laughs> romance, romance movies are for chicks. And I feel like that's why rom-coms tend to be more palatable because they're silly and goofy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you're uh, if you're in a heterosexual relationship, you know, your chick flick 
your your girlfriend is dragging you to you know uh uh, uh New Year's Eve. Uh, what's uh, the other one? The main one, Mother's Day. No, Mother's the other Day. One. Um, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Aren't the the movies that are always named after holidays, right? Oh yeah. Uh yeah, so you're so you so your girl so your girlfriend's dragging you to this chick flick. Uh, he's uh, just not that into you. Yeah, that, that's yeah. one. I named oh, one. Sure, I named one. Uh, <laughs> all of them. Yeah, uh, never been kissed. Uh, 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 uh made in Manhattan. Uh, um, monster in law. Mo- uh, yeah. Uh, uh, the wedding planner. <laughs> They're J Lo movies. Yeah. She's the queen of rom coms. It's true. Um, okay, so your so your girlfriend's dragging you to a rom com. It's like, well, you know, at least it's like funny. But I feel like mm. it's hard to get. Uh, it's hard to like get toxic masculine <laughs> men mm-hmm. into a, a romantic drama because it's. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's serious. There's no... I mean, you know, not that there weren't funny movies and uh, p- funny moments in this movie, but mm-hmm. it's not a joke. So, yeah. so you have to get your audience to buy in yeah. and think about feelings. Yeah. Which is hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. That is uh, my, those are my thoughts. Totally. Yeah, I buy that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Titanic did really well because mm-hmm. it was, like... An epic. It was an epic, and it's, like, half a uh, rom-drom, half disaster movie. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yes. But, yeah, Agreed. like, other uh, rom... Like, straight-up rom-droms. Mm-hmm. Like, Sweet November... I think we mentioned, um, which is also very sad. Uh, City of Angels. Michael, the other movie with about, an angel. About an angel. Yeah. <laughs> did they come out around the same time? Yes. Yeah, yeah I think they did. And that like, makes sense. They both, it was like Nick Cage and, um, the other one. <laughs> John Travolta. <laughs> Together <laughs> again. But like not... they did face off. <laughs> It's like they did face off, and they were like, so in each other's heads, the next project, they were like, I need to do an angel movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who's the girl, like, who's the lady part Andy in Michael? Andy McDowell. Oh. She I like writes Andy McDowell. Me too. Mm-hmm. I, I, she's like a older sister to Jennifer Connelly. Totally. She can sell me L'Oreal wrinkle cream any day. I hope that's her job till she dies. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. Give her all the stuff. Yeah. Andy, love yeah. you. Bam. Um, so that was, that was At First Sight. Yeah. Um, the, oh, uh, very, very early, we teased this in the podcast, um, uh, we were curious about what the highest and lowest Val Kilmer movies on Rotten Tomatoes are. Yeah. Uh, not that I put a, a ton of stock into reviews, no. obviously. It's, At First Sight is not yeah. a 32% movie. No. For shame. Yeah. Um, but it, it's interesting to kind of see what the general consensus is. And yeah. It's fun, it's fun when, like, you don't agree. Yeah. Kind of thing. I don't know. Interesting. It's interesting to see. And um I have not were... seen either of the movies. Yeah, same. Um Do you have them? Yes. 
you can vamp. All right. You like. Uh, so the the first the top movie that. Uh, Val Kilmer, the the highest rated one that he uh, is in is True Romance from 1993, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's at a 92 or a 93 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet. Have you? I haven't. I think I often um, I get that movie confused with True Lies. Ah, so much so that, that until with... tonight, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes, which I also haven't seen, but I'm aware that it exists and that it's apparently very good. Great, um, but yeah, like True I Romance definitely... is also very good. Apparently, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah, it has ninety two percent. Yep. Um, the lowest is uh, No Good Deed. Run for the money. Just kidding. <laughs> Very far off. That is from two thousand and two, <laughs> and it is at zero percent. Yes. That is the movie that's at. Zero. Zero percent. Yeah. But, I mean, after reading the plot synopsis, I feel like it looks like a fun time. It's true. It's a good old-fashioned heist movie. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, just a sec, holy fucking shit. Okay, this is bananas. So I'm... Okay, maybe no one else will be shocked. Uh, so, Run for the Money is a um, 2002 like crime caper heist movie starring Christian Slater yeah. and Val Kilmer, yeah. um, respectively, as like cop and robber kind of thing. Um, True Romance also stars Christian Slater. What? Yeah. Whoa. Isn't that weird? Yeah. What a so volatile strange. combination. Right? Yeah. It can be the best. Be- oh. Um, if you're a gambling man. Um, yeah, True Ram- Romance is a Quentin Tarantino script and a okay. Tony Scott direct. I don't know who that is. Um, wild and Wooly? Wooly? Wild and Wooly blend of action and dark comedy. Um, I've never heard that expression before. Me neither. Other than like for... Mammoth. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I don't know. Uh, goofy stuff happens. Patricia Arquette is in it. Um, somebody gets killed. I I don't see... I don't think Val Kilmer is a very big part in this movie. True romance? No. Oh. Well, we'll just have to watch it and find out. That's true. Um, anyway. I mean, it is from 1993. That was sort of like r- ramping up into prime... Val Kilmer. It's true. Isn't it? Well, it, that's like, that is prime Kilmer, isn't it? He yeah. went. Hey, Batman, post Top Gun. Yeah, okay. And then what was uh, the big one? The Doors? That was like mm-hmm. 91. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, so. Anyway, uh, that's a teaser for a later episode of The Cinevals. Yep. That'll be fun. Um, yeah, so that's kind of his, um, his span. It spans. Yeah. All the things. Well, he's been in a lot of movies. He's almost got a hundred acting credits. That's true. That's exciting. That's very exciting. I would have a little party if I was him. Um, Oh my god. I think we should have a party on behalf of him. Oh. We can invite him. Oh my god. If you're listening, Mm -hmm. let's have let's talk. We can we'll throw you a little party. Yeah. Yeah. It could be a cyber party because maybe we're in a different country than you or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe we could all meet at a central location. I don't know, Colorado. That seems nice. Um, <laughs> and a bit. Okay, uh, there's also a very small part of this movie I want to briefly talk about. Are we and it talk is about Ethan. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Uh, the most unbelievable part of this movie, by far for me, is oh, the no. character of Ethan. Ethan is this punk asshole child. Yeah, he's like maybe nine, and ten. he always has a basketball with him, no yeah. matter the time of day. Or whether he is indoors or outdoors. Yeah. And he's just friends with, with Mira, Mira Servino. We never see his parents. No. They're not related. No. He's in her apartment, like, solo at one point. Yeah. I think, okay, so, I mean, I think... <laughs> like, he, I understand he, his function, yeah, but... he he's like, he's like the wisecracking doorman <laughs> in a rom-com. Yes. <laughs> um, so he he must be a kid who like happens to live in the building. Who also died in the building. Who and also is died. Now yeah. A restless spirit. He's a ghost. He's probably a ghost. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's really all we can say about it. Yeah. He's a he's a ghost. It's so fucking uh, weird. The first thi- like the his first appearance, he has a basketball, he shows up, he's like, Hey, this is Ethan. Ethan's like, Hey, are you blind? That's cool. <laughs> and then bye, and then he goes away. Mm-hmm. And then the next time they see him, Val Kilmer's just had his surgery, and he's like, hey, Virgil, your face looks funny. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And then he's, like, in the apartment hanging out with Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Very odd. Mm-hmm. Very odd. Yeah. If you... Okay. If adult actor who played Ethan in this movie 20 years ago, if you're listening to this podcast... Are you a ghost? Are you a ghost? Please write in. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Write to us at thecinevals at gmail.com, which is not an email that exists yet, so just it hold is. for a bit. Is it? It exists. Yeah. Excellent. It's, um... I have never checked it. <laughs> we might have so much mail from Mr. Kilmer. No. My goodness. No, that's Greg's job. He checks it. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, I think it might just be cinevals at gmail.com. Okay. We'll, we'll get it. back to you. Um, anyway. Okay. Uh, Allie, what would you give at first sight? How would you rate it? Ooh, um, ooh, but we haven't even talked about... Oh, our favorite Kilmer. Yeah, oh, most oh, attractive Kilmer moments. Oh, it is the Cinevals <laughs> at gmail.com. Oh, we have two emails. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Well, I will talk about my um, most attractive Val Kilmer <laughs> moment if you want to check our fan mail. Uh, um, no, they're, it's all spam. <laughs> I know it's shocking. <laughs> um, if you're listening, please write us something at the Cinevals at gmail.com. Yeah, so that's we a, can have mail to read. That's T H E C I N E V A. LS at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you. Um, my, okay, so my favorite attractive Val Kilmer moment is tied between um, the, even though it's wildly inappropriate, um, the second massage he gives her. Yeah. But there's just so much, well, he's just massaging her thighs oh. from the front and like both thighs at once. Oh, yeah. It's, it's highly uh, unprofessional. But then he immediately asks her to dinner and they, they're seeing each other and yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Um, and that's tied with like his hair the entire time. Oh my God. It opens, can we just like a little book? Oh, it opens we... like a copy of J14. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's got the, as Allie would say, the Jack Dawson haircut. Yeah. And it's just, it's like eyebrow. It's like 
center part, it does the, like, McDonald arches and then reaches the eyebrows. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm sure that's what Matt Damon had in Goodwill Hunting. 100%. That's what um, James Vanderbeek had mm-hmm. in... Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Creek. Um, it's obviously Jack Dawson. Like, every... Brad Pitt, yeah. I think, had it in every movie in the 90s. Yeah, same with Leo... Mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, yeah. It is got to come back. Everything it's that haircut. Is coming back. It's yeah, come back. I am a. I'm fully. I'm fully here for that haircut coming back. Yeah, please make it happen. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yourself? Oh, I'm obviously very enthusiastic about uh, his haircut. <laughs> um, <laughs> um. I think he okay. My uh, my okay. Most attractive Val Kilmer moment was when it was like in the second act when everything's going awesome, and he, they're going uh, skating in mm. New York City, oh, and yeah. he's got like this little green toque on, and they're v- being very cute, and Mir Servino is like being like really hilarious mm-hmm. um and it's just like this really charming moment where they don't have a care in the world and they're just getting to know each other and they're just two kids in love with each other in new york city yeah yeah <laughs> that's great yeah uh I'm, okay so i would i would rate this movie um oh gosh i would um give it a solid, like, seven center parts. Mm. Yeah. I'm very much on the same page with you. I would give this movie a full, solid 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so that's that. Uh, thanks for tuning in mm-hmm. uh, to our very sporadic podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry I'm not in the country anymore. You should be. <laughs> Our listenership is uh, unimpressed and no. d- thirsty for blood. Um, right into the Cinevals at gmail.com <laughs> if you are thirsty for Allie's blood. No. Yes. First four people to write in will get a tiny vial of my blood in oh. the mail. Ooh, commemorative. Please don't clone me. <laughs> no promises. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks kindly, and we will talk to you next.